Hey everybody, welcome back. It is episode five. We made it to five of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and uh, this is Keto for the Extreme Physique Culture. In this little podcast, we sort of bridge the gap between really hard training and a primal ketogenic low-carb nutrition diet protocol, whatever you want to call it. That's what we do. And uh, hey, we're not pushy about it, though. You know, you be you, man. So yeah, that's kind of the mood I'm in today. It is a rainy, chilly, kind of a nasty uh, North Carolina Friday afternoon. We just finished a tougher than I expected chest and triceps workout. I've been, you know, I, I sort of made the announcement that um, I was going to look to do a national level competition in 2021. So September kind of officially kicked off training for that. And, you know, we ramped things up fairly quickly and uh, turns out I'm old. And uh, so I've been dealing with a little bit of elbow tendonitis um, for the past couple of weeks. And but it's nothing I can't get through. In fact, the weird thing is, is it doesn't bother me that much during the workouts. But like many things, it uh, kind of flares up and lights up after the workouts. And I don't want to be one of these guys that's popping ibuprofen and all this crap. So uh, I've, you know, it's not my first rodeo. So I've kind of figured out ways to work around it. And today for chest and triceps, you know, my plan was to, you know, deal with more strict neutral grips on the pressing motions, the, the heavy pressing motions. So we did a multi-grip bar with a neutral grip about shoulder width. And that really made a difference. I didn't really have any trouble at all. Didn't go super heavy, uh, but did enough work to where I could really feel it. And, you know, as usual, we, you know, kept the reps, you know, clean and perfect and the form on point. And then, uh, you know, so we kind of worked around those, uh, those elbows and happy to say, you know, about 40 minutes after the workout, there's, no pain. So I'm just sitting here enjoying um, my post-workout meal. Today, it's, uh, let's see, I did two whole pastured eggs. Uh, yes, we have chickens because they give us awesome freaking eggs. And uh, I added a cup of uh, egg whites to that. So it's whole eggs and egg white combo over two uh, plain rice cakes. So it's about 14 grams of carbs there, but they're post-workout carbs. And you know, so my body will suck that right up and uh, get the protein for recovery and uh, all is good under the hood. So that's where we're at now. So the funny thing about this podcast is I really didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, I literally wrote down like five things, like five little bullet points of things that I wanted to cover. And generally, you know, the cool thing about what I do being a coach and a trainer and, you know, practically living in a gym and doing a lot of online work and, and dealing with dozens and dozens of people on a daily basis, content takes care of itself. And that literally, literally comes from like answering a lot of questions and, uh, you know, dealing with certain criticisms because still, if you can believe it or not, people kind of give me a hard time for thinking, I mean, how dare I think that you can train hard and actually reach a stage worthy physique um, without putting carbs as a priority. Well, guess what? You can. So, but I, I don't think I really need to tread that water much anymore. I think we've kind of already done that and we'll continue to do that. But, uh, 
You know, one of the things I want to talk about today was just kind of pushing back on some of the naysayers and a couple of the things that have irritated me this week. Now, I'm not going to sit here and go off on some angry rant and be like that crazy old man that just wants the kids to get off his lawn. Um, but uh, I want to I want to make this a, a teachable moment where I can take some of my frustrations. When I first say frustrations, I've uh, listen, I've been doing this so long. I've learned to laugh a lot of these things off. And when I get these silly negative comments or people telling me online that everything I'm doing is wrong and I'm an idiot, I just, you know, have a good laugh from that. And, uh, you know, most of these keyboard warriors don't have a clue anyway. Most of them wouldn't know if, you know, where Jim was, they've, they've probably passed two on the way to work and wouldn't even know it. So I, I, it's just part of the process of dealing with keyboard commandos. So that's really not a big deal. But um, I do want to address a couple things that do come up on a regular basis because me being more of an old school, hard training guy and, you know, dealing with a lot of clientele. And now that with this, you know, medium of podcasting, reaching a lot more people. And, and thank you for that. It's it's really being it's been very successful right out of the gate. Um, I'm going to cover just a couple things that have brought me some laughable irritation this week, and I'm going to give my little retort. So um, and one of those is I don't think I can go through a week or two without somebody pushing back on my splits. So in fact, I opened up a search engine on my computer. I'm sitting behind my computer right now, and I literally just typed in workout splits. And it popped up 847,000 basically memes of, uh, I went to the, the images of all these different splits. And of course, everybody's got their own best way, and everybody's right, and everybody else is wrong. And uh, my favorite one, I think, right out of the gate that I pulled up, it has a picture. It's called Bro Split versus science and on the left that's apparently the bro split and there's this big red x like ah, 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 wrong way to do it and it's funny because the picture they put of the guy is like this scrawny skinny little dude that looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life and of course on the right under science because you know science is god and infallible um and never bought um it talks about the proper split and of course, the picture under the science split has a guy who's jacked and aesthetically awesome. And, you know, judging by the picture is probably about 6% body fat. So um, apparently um, uh, that's the right way to do it. Well, a little bit of insight. It, uh, I do currently a four day split. That's what I do. And I like to think because of my experience and the fact that I've trained thousands of people and, you know, I, I certainly want to train everybody in what I think is the best way. I want them to get the best results possible and I want to get the best results possible for myself. I wouldn't engage in the kind of training that I do uh, week after week, month after month, year after year, if I didn't think what I was doing was the by far the best for me. And also, to be honest, um, and I'm going to you know, give you my reasons, I think it's generally for many the best way for most as well if you're doing more of a bodybuilding or hypertrophy driven style workout program in other words if your goal is to put on as much lean muscle as possible and then carve that up and you know reduce the body fat as much as possible and retain that lean muscle to you know reveal a stage worthy physique then 
I still like the old tried and true split program. And I think if you did just 15 minutes of research, you're going to find that uh, probably if I had to guess a total guess here, um, I'm saying I would say 90% uh, of the professionals out there, IFBB pros out there um, are doing similar style splits, meaning uh, each week they split up the body into certain body parts and train certain body parts on certain days. Now, some people do, you know, six day splits, meaning they train six days and take a, a day off. Some people do five day splits where they train five days and take two days off. Some people do four day splits. Some people do three, some people do two. So, you know, and a lot of that has to do with what the individual's goals are, um, you know, what they're trying to get out of their physique, how important their training is to them. There's all there's varying reasons. I, I train about 30 people on the workout floor in person. A, a, a huge percentage of those people just see me two days a week. So we I generally split up the body. I'll do sort of a push pull on one day, chest, back, buys and tries. And then on the second day, I'll often do legs and shoulders. And I like throwing in shoulders with legs. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll mix it up and I might do a full body workout both days targeting different uh, areas of the body. So but for the most part, it's often become sort of a split. Now, the people that work with me three, four or five days a week. And, and if you're online, uh, most of those people are, you know, doing four or five days a week. And um, my justification for that is as such, you know, they call it a bro split. If you do, for instance, like for what I do, let, let me let me just make it so you can follow along. Here's my split right now on Mondays. I do back and biceps. So I work my back and I work my biceps on Monday. Tuesday, I come in and I work shoulders exclusively just by themselves. Now, I wor will work a little bit of abdominals in on, you know, these other, you know, on these days as well. Uh, sometimes I like to use abs as a warm up, or sometimes we like to use abs as a finisher. But for the most part, Monday is back and biceps. Tuesday is shoulders. Wednesday, we come in and we hit legs hard. Thursday, we take it off. Because after three hard days of training with high intensity training, you're going to need a recovery day. At least I do. I think it's very, very wise to take you know, that, that Thursday off for me. And then on Friday, we're back in the gym doing chest and triceps. Um, you know, just depending on how I feel through the week, some weeks I may throw in calves with, you know, legs. And then my might, so some days I might throw in calves with shoulders and some days I might throw in calves as a warm up before the back workout. But it, it, long story short, all of the major muscle, all the muscle groups are being worked. And here's the way I look at this. Um, people will say to me, oh, those old bodybuilding splits, those old bro splits have no scientific backing. Um, it's old technology and times have changed. Well, bullshit. Okay, that's that's bullshit. I, I don't ever call them a bro split. And that's stupid. It's idiotic. What I would call it is a recovery overcompensation split or overcompensation recovery science, not bro science. And here's my reasoning. So typically, you know, if when you go into the gym, 
the goal is to tear down muscle in a very structured way, you know, in a very intelligent and structured way. The goal is to tear it apart. Nobody builds any muscle in the gym. That's where you go to destroy it. So it is a very intelligent, structured way of tearing down the muscle cells so they collapse under the stress of the weight that you're applying to them via, you know, barbells, dumbbells, machines, and so on. So the goal is to tear them down. Once you tear these muscles down, then the goal is for them to grow back stronger and larger than they were previously. And they will do that as a defense mechanism provided certain criteria are put into place. Number one is you have to give these muscle groups ample time for recovery. Now here's some logic, okay, here's some logic. If I go into the gym on Monday and I obliterate my back and I destroy my biceps, the stimulus has been put in place. I, I've stimulated growth by tearing down the muscles of my back and my biceps on Monday. Now, how long will it take before my back and my biceps are fully recovered? Answer, I don't know. I don't know, and neither do you. Now, here's what I do know. I do know that let's just say, our, you, know, uh, you know, I'm not going to work that my back and my biceps until the following Monday. Now, here's what I do know. I'm not going to lose any muscle in a week's time. That's just not the way it works. Your body's not going to start burning unless I'm in a severe caloric deficit and I'm doing too much output on other days uh, or my protein is way too low. I'm not going to lose any muscle because what you have to do is you have to not only compensate for the workout, but then once you compensate, then you have to overcompensate. It's the overcompensation that is the new muscle growth. Okay, so think of it as uh, digging a hole. If you work out hard, that's digging the hole. Okay, now the very first thing you need to do if you want to pack on more new tissue is first you have to fill the hole back up to ground level where it previously was. And then you need to pack some more dirt on top of it. That is overcompensation. If all you do is compensate for the workout and you never overcompensate, you're never adding any additional additional muscle tissue. Now, if I work back super hard on Monday and biceps on Monday super hard, and then I come back in on Wednesday or even Thursday and hit back really, really hard again, and I hit biceps really, really hard again, what if I've not fully overcompensated from the Monday session, then I am at that point no longer packing up any dirt. I'm back to tearing it back down again, short-circuiting the growth process that I tried to initiate on Monday. So it, it just, you know, why take the chance? I know that if I structurally, in, in a very structured way, in a very intelligent way, tear down my back muscles, tear down my bicep muscles, and I wait a full week, I feel very confident that I have given my body plenty of time because I'm feeding it properly, because I'm putting a huge importance on sleep and rest and recovery, and I'm not putting a bunch of garbage in my body. So when I come in the following Monday to hit back again, 
I feel very confident that I have fulfilled my need to not only compensate from the previous week's workout, but in fact, overcompensate as well. So here's the thing with that. More is not better. Okay. More is not better. I learned this many years ago from Arthur Jones and Dorian Yates and Mike Menser and several other guys. And, and it, at that point, I made a very strategic calculated shift in my training because if you look at that through a rational, logical lens, it just makes the most sense. Why mess around? The thing is, is more is not better because that's a silly statement. If more was better then what you're telling me is, is instead of working out my back on Monday for 45 minutes doing, you know, two to three sets per body part or two to three sets per exercise, you're telling me I should do 10 sets per exercise or well, hell, if 10 sets is good, then 15 must be even better. Right. And then if I'm working out for 45 minutes, if that's good, then an hour and a half must be better. Well, if an hour and a half is better, then two hours must be better. The statement more is better is in and of itself silly. It makes no sense. More is not better. It's not how much or how little, but finding the precise amount required to not only stimulate growth, but then give the body more time to overcompensate and grow. More is not better. That's a silly built-in guarantee. That's not a guarantee. You know, that, that's a, it's a lie. It's a deception. And yet, you know, our, our brains make us think and, you know, the muscle magazines and, you know, all these, all these things make us think that, oh, you just got to train more. You got to train more. You got to train more. Oh, well, you know, I saw that, uh, this IFBB pro, he or she was training six days a week and they're doing legs twice a week and they're doing back twice a week. And hell, this one girl, she's doing legs three days a week. And like, uh, okay, well, number one, there's a lot of factors there. Number one he or she may be enhanced. Okay. They may be enhanced. And when you are enhanced, that enhancement, and you know what I'm talking about, you know, pharmaceuticals, performance enhancing drugs, you know, that helps in the recovery process dramatically. So they're speeding up their rate of recovery because they've got a leg up on that by adding in a performance enhancing drug which greatly helps in the recovery process and, and the growth stimulation process. And some of these people, it's their job to train. They have plenty of time to rest and recover. You know, there's a whole lot of other things and there's the genetic factor. Some of these people are just absolute genetic freaks. That's why they're professionals. They are not you. They are not me. I think I have not, I don't think, I know I've got really good genetics. I discovered that many, many years ago thank God, I realized that I was a hyper responder. I put on weight very, very quickly. I had the frame for it. All these little things, it, it, you know, come into play. The, the connection points of the muscles on your frame, where they connect, how big and full your muscle bellies are. You know, my mother is, this, you know, is, was a, was a large structured, you know, German woman, you know, my mom, she had big calves and big thighs. And hell, when I was born, I was a 10 pound baby and my shoulders were freaking wide as hell then. And then when I first started training, you've heard the story. I responded very, very quickly, but I was also working extremely hard. I was, you know, doing things properly. I was eating a lot of food. I was pounding a lot of protein. I did the work. So don't compare yourself to other people. Go back to the logical approach. 
Let me put it another way. I can't tell you how many times this has happened. You know, I work in a private gym now, but for many years I worked in big gyms. I worked in some, a couple of huge Gold's gyms. I worked in these huge Bally Fitness Centers down in Florida. I worked at some other big, you know, huge gyms where it's just full of members. And guys would regularly come up to me and say, man, can't get my legs to grow. What do I do? And my first question is always, well, how many days a week are you training them? Well, I'm training twice a week. Okay. Are you training them to failure? Are you training super high intensity? Whether or whether or not the question is yes or no, if they're training their legs two days a week and they convince me that they're training them hard and they can't get their legs to grow and they convince me that they're eating you know, um, the right amount of, you know, uh, enough calories and enough protein, then my first piece of advice to them is always this. Number one, take a full week off. Make sure you're recovered. Make sure that you overcompensate for whatever overtraining you've been chronically doing for the last four years. And then when you come back to it the following week, just train legs once a week. Give it everything you've got, everything you've got. And then you know what? Leave them the hell alone and let them grow. Feed them and let them grow. Feed them and let them grow. Because you're just going to come back three days later, hit those poor things again. They haven't, maybe not even fully compensated, let alone overcompensated. And now you're just going to short circuit the growth process again. Most people are grossly overtrained because most people are normal people. They're not pros. They don't have freaky, crazy genetics. They're not chemically enhanced. You know, most people don't have enough time to mix a fucking protein shake, let alone meal prep and calculate and do all the things that you really do need to do. So if you want to take the intelligent approach at your training and you want your muscles to grow, which should be the goal, everybody listening to this, there's not a single person listening to this or growth should not be the goal. Women often say to me, well, I don't want to put on any muscle. What do you, do you have a mental disorder? Yes, you do want to put on as much muscle as you can. Well, I don't want to get bulky. Don't worry, pumpkin, you won't. You know, if you want to not look bulky, then back off the cheeseburgers and the muffins. Okay. A, a typical woman would be lucky to put on five to seven pounds of muscle in a year. And that's a hard training woman doing everything right. Don't worry, sweetheart. You're not going to get bulky. Okay. What we need to do is I want you to fight with everything you have to get every bit of that five pounds of muscle that you can put on and then put all of your effort then into peeling the body fat off by working your diet properly. We need to uncover that beautiful, sexy, gorgeous, badass, super hotty muscle you've got buried under there. And we need to focus on your diet. And then we need to focus on your recovery. We need to focus on your sleep. You know, that's the goal. So, but the gym itself, you need to be busting your ass at every turn. And then for God's sake, give yourself time to not only compensate, but overcompensate. Does that make sense? Hell yeah, it makes sense. This is one of the biggest battles I fight with people all the time. And I don't mean this in, in a bad way. I laugh at this because I know it's coming, especially when I get a new client. It happened last week. You know, I, I set somebody up on a workout pro program. I set up a woman and I literally gave her a five day split. It was Monday through Friday. 
Okay. It was Monday through Friday. And then she had gotten through everything. And I wake up Saturday morning to, you know, which I had her as being off Saturday and Sunday to recover. And the very first thing I get, I wake up to a message from her saying, there's there's no workout on my calendar. There's there's no, there's no workout on my calendar. Do do I have today off? I mean, is there, is there a problem? There must be a technical glitch. There's no workout on my calendar. What the hell am I going to do? I reply, sit your ass down, have a cup of coffee, relax, spend time with family, go to the park, watch TV, garden. I don't care what you do, but you're off today. Let all the hard work you did Monday through Friday work for you over the weekend by recovering. And most of these women and most of the men that I train are on splits. They do certain body parts Monday, certain body parts Tuesday, certain body parts Wednesday, certain body, you know, sometimes they'll take, I'll I'll give them Thursday off, then certain body parts on Friday, then I'll often give them the weekend off, you know, and for these overly obsessed people that think more is better and I can't get out of their head. Number one, they probably don't need a trainer. They probably need a therapist, but you know, maybe I can convince you with this podcast. Finally, maybe you just need to hear it again, you know, a little bit more emphatically, but you know, go out and take a walk. If you have to be doing something, go do some cardio, you know, but it doesn't have to be training in the gym. The gym is the, you know, the the stimulus, the workout is the stimulus. The results come from the recovery. Walk through this with me again. This time I'll go slower. The workout is the stimulus. When you are at rest and when you are sleeping, that's when the muscle grows. If you keep working that muscle incessantly, you will never give it a chance to compensate and definitely not overcompensate and actually give you the benefit that you were looking for in the first place because your crazy obsession has halted the growth process. So are we clear on that guys? All right. So that is a huge one. Don't come to me with bro split. Oh, don't do split workouts. No, you need to do a push, pull legs, push, pull legs. All right. Well, if that's working for you there, uh, chowderhead, then that's fine. Then you run with that. Here's the thing. Everybody expects me to get all offended and butthurt because they call me out on something that I do or I recommend. If you're not my client and you're not me, I don't give a shit what you do. If you ask me my opinion, I'm going to give it to you. And it always comes from a place of love. That's actually true. I do care until you show me that you're a complete fucking asshole. And then I stop giving you advice. And then I, you know, back away from the situation. That's fair, right? So don't come to me and tell me that my bro split, which nobody called it a bro split back when I was training my ass off back in the nineties, we called it a bodybuilding split because we were bodybuilders and we were building our body. And I've been around countless IFBB pros, male and female big time up and coming, you know, um, amateurs in the MPC that looked amazing and they did bodybuilding split workouts. Now all of a sudden 
you know, Corey Crossfitter thinks he's got the fucking solution. It's science. I'm so tired of that shit. Use your damn head. You know, I, I'm as, you know, a believer in science as the next guy, but you also have to be a critical thinker and put things to the test. And anecdotal evidence can be very, very valuable as well. Trust me on this. I've said it before. I, you know, conduct a literal controlled research study every single day with real human beings, not super people. And the results speak for themselves. Now, there are some great exercise scientists out there. There are some great people in the world of nutrition now, but it hasn't always been the case. For the longest time, and this is not my saying, this is Arthur Jones, but I'm going to steal it because it's awesome. And he always said in the world of exercise science and the world of nutrition science, if you were a PhD, to him that just meant that you were piled high and deep in bullshit. And he kind of makes a point. I can't tell you how many people that learned everything from a freaking textbook or a, or a classroom and now think they're the damn expert. Don't give me that shit. I was telling a story on the workout floor earlier today with my workout partners. We'd finished a damn good chest workout and then we decided to finish with some abs. And one of my favorite things to do is a cable crunch. This is where you take the rope attachment and you attach it to the high cable attachment on the cable machine and you get down on your knees. Generally, you can do it standing too, but you get down on your knees and then you, you know, I, I suck in my gut and I do a very structured, slow, hard crunch using resistance because I'm holding the rope with my hands that are kind of glued to my shoulders and I do these crunches and I've been doing those for years and they work and I've seen countless other people badasses do them. I've seen people add them into programs for years. I know high level coaches that use them regularly. And then, you know, a while back, I remember somebody telling me that I think they saw a video of me doing them, or maybe I'd, I'd prescribe them. I don't remember the situation to be honest, but they said, Oh, don't do those. Those don't work. I laughed my ass off. Like, oh, hold, hold the damn presses, people. I better get a memo out to every IFBB pro and every one of their coaches in the known fucking universe because Keyboard Carl over here says they don't work. They work, okay? Maybe you don't know how to do them. Or maybe, you know, somebody, you know, maybe your professor said they don't work. But that doesn't mean shit. They work. And they work very well. Trust me on this. <laughs> okay, so... You know, stop being so critical of people. You know, I've been doing this so long and I still have a massive level of appreciation when somebody, you know, brings something to my attention. Even if I know it inside and out, I, I thank them and say, yeah, you know what? I've been doing that for years. Good call. And if it's something that I'm not familiar with, I'll say, that's interesting. I should try that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll try it. And if I like it, guess what? I'll keep it. You know, there's a, there's a great well-known coach named John Meadows, and he's one of the nicest guys in the industry. He's got a great YouTube channel. You know, I like to watch his videos. He's got some, he brings some great pros on his channel with him and some great amateurs. And, uh, you know, there's been a handful of things that I've learned from him. And I thought I'd done every damn exercise on the planet over the last, you know, 27 years. And then, you know, I think there's two of them that I picked up from him that I put on my online training 
And I even give them the credit on there. There's a particular row where you use a barbell put into a landmine. And uh, people often call it the Meadows Row. So I didn't put it on my program. I call it the Rob Row. I put it on there and I said, this is the Meadows Row. You know, I have a Perillo Press on my program. It's a special way that you actually, you know, turn and supinate the dumbbells as you do a press. I learned it from John Perillo years and years and years ago. So I call it a Perillo Press. I'm always going to give credit where credit's due. This is, we're working out, people. I'm here to deliver information to you that you will use and you will sprinkle in intensity with that knowledge. And those two coupled together, provided you're eating correctly and resting correctly, will help you build your ultimate physique. And I'm just happy to be a little part of it. So stop being so critical. Close your mouth and open your ears and look at things with a critical eye. If it doesn't work for you, fine, dismiss it. All the time, a client will message me and say, this particular movement hurts. Sometimes I'll say, oh, okay, can you do a video of yourself doing it for me? And then they will. And then I'll make a correction. It was form-based. We fix it and they're great. And then there's people that will say, this particular movement hurts. And I will check their form and it's very good. And I will say, okay, we will skip that one. That one just doesn't work for you. I have, I have exercises like that too. Admittedly, because I'm getting older and I don't want to get injured, especially in a contest prep, I don't do deadlifts like I used to. I don't do free weight, you know, back squats like I used to. I do them sometimes, but I don't do them like I, like I used to because I have to be careful. Does that make sense? Okay. I think I need to move on from that. Another thing I'm going to talk about today is RPE, rate of perceived exertion. And this one, I'll be honest, this one is, this one's a shout out to the clients. Okay. You know, it's still good information. If you're not one of my clients, you don't have to be, if you're getting a lot of great information from this podcast and you're doing your own thing and it's, and you're killing it, then I highly encourage you to keep doing that. Okay. But, um, if you do my online training, you can rate the workout that you did every single one at the end. When you, when you finish the workout, you know, you, you sort of log it in and then that way you complete the workout. And then that lets me know that you did it. And then I can review it if I, if I need to, it also gives you an opportunity to rate the workout in terms of rate of perceived exertion. If you gave that particular workout a one out of 10, that means it's ridiculously ludicrous easy and you, you know, would have probably got your heart rate up more, you know, laying on the couch. If you rate it a 10 out of 10, it's nearly impossible, just like the hardest of the hard, which is great. You know, I like to know how, how did this feel? How did you like it? I, I love that feedback. And, and I, and when I get those RPEs, I, I look at almost every one, but here's the thing that irritates me. Now it's not actually not an irritation. Maybe you just don't know. So here, I'm going to tell you. If you do any one of my workouts and you give it a five out of 10, what does that mean? Does that mean that the workout that I prescribed for you just wasn't that hard? And I should have done a workout that was different. That would have been an eight, a nine or a 10. No, that's on you. Okay. I'm not trying to be harsh or mean. I, I want you to learn from this. Uh, you can take any workout I do, anyone, and make it a nine or a 10. It's what you put into it. 
I'm giving you quality workouts that are well thought in the way that they're put together and what exercise follows what, what supersets I put there, what rest pause sets I may put in there, sets, reps, you know, all of it, it's thought out. And it's up to you then to make that workout an eight, a nine or a 10. It could be that you just didn't put enough weight on. It could mean that, you know, you just didn't want to feel any discomfort. So you got eight reps when you could have got 12 and you just didn't get 12 because 12 might've been uncomfortable. Guess what? It's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to push yourself to that level. I get concerned if I don't regularly see at least seven, eights, nines and occasional tens. I'd love to see tens. If I do a workout and I don't, you know, if, if I don't say it was a nine or a 10, then I know I just didn't push myself. I don't blame the workout. Oh, those damn bench presses. <laughs> you know, it's real easy to make. You know, if I put a hundred rep rest, pause, superset on your program, anybody should be able to make that brutal, brutal. It's on you. So I'm encouraging you to make those workouts a seven, eight, nine, or 10. I like, I like eights and nines, you know, consistently. If you want, if you don't want to push yourself to that 10 level, that's fine. You'll get there. And every once in a while, when you got some expert, extra inspiration that day, and you want to take it to the point of absolute freaking death, you're not going to get any complaints from me. As long as you're not hurting yourself or using poor form, why not? Because what are you going to do? You're going to dig the hole. You're going to tear down that muscle and then you're going to give it time to compensate. And then you're going to give it a little more time to overcompensate and grow. Okay. So make those workouts. If you're not training with me, think to yourself, if a five is a moderate effort and 10 is just off the chain hard, my goal today is no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to make this workout a nine or a 10 and push yourself towards that goal. Think, okay, next week, every workout is going to be an eight out of 10. And then the week after that, every workout is going to be a nine after 10. And then the workout, you know, the week after that, they're all going to be 10 out of 10s. And then I made, you know, taper down and have a recovery week, go back to, you know, seven or eights. Does that make sense? It's on you. Intensity is on you. You can make any workout that I give you. You can make any workout that you build yourself. If you have any kind of knowledge in workout structure and workout programming, you can make it as intense as you want to make it. That's up to you. All out efforts. Maybe it takes a little less rest between sets. Maybe it takes a little bit more weight. Maybe you could have got from movement A to movement B in a superset more quickly than you did. When I say a superset, I mean immediately. If I say do a dumbbell fly and then immediately do a barbell press, I mean, it's immediate. The minute you drop those dumbbells from your fly, you should be literally running to the barbell press. You get under that bar as quickly as possible. You unrack that thing as quickly as possible and you get the set done. Every second you wait is time you're taken away from the intensity factor and that pre-exhaustion of that superset. 
These things are on there for a reason. If I say do a hundred rep rest pause set and never take more than a 10 second rest at any pause, don't take any more than a 10 second rest. And if you stop and you pause and it's been seven seconds and you feel like you're ready to go, then go. Don't wait for 10. Make it hurt. Because that's just going to accomplish what? More breakdown of tissue. So then you can, in fact, compensate, overcompensate, grow, and put on that much desired lean muscle. Then the other part of it is what? It's the nutrition. You know, how many times have you heard, it's 90% nutrition? It's, it's 90% nutrition. It's, it's, 80, it's 75% diet and 25% training. No, it's not. That's stupid. You know what it is? It's one-third training, one-third diet, one-third recovery. That means you got to put as much heart and focus on all three of those main elements of training. The main elements of training are the workouts, then the diet, and the recovery. The the recovery ties it all together. Why, you know, if, if Saturday rolls around or Sunday and I'm doing as little as freaking possible, I got a big grin on my face because I know the machinery is working in there. I'm putting that protein in my body, those good healthy fats, you know, every three to four hours, sometimes every two and a half to three hours. I'm feeding that muscle, I'm repairing that tissue. I'm making sure that I do the damn math and I get into the, you know, I get into bed in an adequate time where I can get those eight, nine, 10 hours. Because what's happening when you're sleeping, you're growing. What's happening when you're, sleep is when the magic happens. How many times have I said that? So it's one third training, one third diet, one third recovery. Why does everybody forget the recovery part? Oh, I just want to train. Well, that's great. I just want you to get results. Get a hobby, pick up knitting. You know, take up woodworking. Take your dog for a walk, play with the kids. Do something nice for your wife or your husband. Garden, mow the lawn, clean out the gutters. I don't give a shit. Stop lifting shit. You've done enough. It's time to rest and recover. Last thing, last thing today. Yeah, am I actually going to get under an hour today? That would be a miracle. Don't get your hopes up just yet. We're at 42, 43 minutes. Last thing I want to talk to about today very quickly. I'm not going to go into explicit detail with this because I don't think I have to. And if I have to go into explicit detail with this, then you're probably never going to get it anyway. And I'd just be wasting my breath. Which is better, free weights or machines? <gasps> I feel the tension building already. I can just, I can sense faces are getting red and people are getting angry. Free weights! Free weights are better. Um, the answer is yes, they're both better. They're both great. They're both effective. They both work. I had some keyboard commando, you know, tell me that because I was doing a Smith machine incline press in a Instagram video that I was basically, you know, 
a brain dead troglodyte because I was doing that and not using a barbell because science says you must use a barbell. It's almost like Moses came down from the freaking mountain and had the 11 commandments. And number 11 was thou shalt always use a barbell and never a machine. Apparently he dropped that one or something. I don't know. Use every tool in the toolbox. They all have their advantages. It's good to mix it up. Let me go ahead and tell you something, Chumpy. I don't always use a Smith machine. Sometimes I use a free weight bar. Many times, dare I say most of the time, I use a free weight barbell. But there are also times when I love the feel of a Smith machine. I like the way I can focus on the muscle contraction. I like the guided path. Sometimes I do it for safety. There's a variety of different reasons. Sometimes I like to use a machine. I love using cables. I like the way that the resistance both works consistently, both in the uh, concentric and eccentric portion of the movement. Sometimes you get a better negative on a machine. Machines are a great addition. If you're one of these pseudo purists that think everything's got to be free weight. Now, once again, if you're a power lifter, or if you compete to where the things that you do in competition are all based around free weight lifts, then I get it. Do that. And if you just prefer free weights over machines, I don't care. Do that. I'm not going to lose any sleep over what you're doing, Billy. But don't wag your dumbass finger at me and tell me because I used a machine that science says... I'm not getting the most out of that movement than if I used free weight. You don't know me, Billy. Stop judging. You're just showing your exquisite ignorance. Okay. Let me ask you a question. What do free weights do? I will tell you free weights provide resistance against movement powered by muscular contraction. Got that? Again, what do free weights do? By definition, provides resistance against movement powered by muscular contraction. Okay, got it? Now, what do machines do? Hmm, okay, here's the answer. They provide resistance against movement powered by muscular contraction. <laughs> are we, are, seriously? They both work. I like to mix it up. This isn't CrossFit that I do. This isn't, you know, I don't, I, I think powerlifters are freaking awesome. Huge respect for powerlifters. I could never do that. And that's not really the kind of physique that I'm going for. You know, I like to say, I like to look good naked. Powerlifters do not look good naked. If you're into that look naked, you know, you'd be you. That's fine. I'm not here to judge anybody. But... You know, powerlifters are freaking amazing, but that's just not what I'm into. This is ketogenic bodybuilding. This isn't ketogenic powerlifting. This isn't ketogenic CrossFit. God, that's terrifying. <laughs> you know, so stop wagging your finger at me telling me about, you know, machines and free weights and one is better than the other, whatever. I don't give a shit. As long as you're putting everything into that movement on that machine or with those free weights and you're pushing to the point of concentric failure with perfect form, then you will grow. I promise. I promise. 
got these ridiculous people. I will never get on a leg press. <gasps> I will never get on a leg press. Nope. Nope. Won't do it. Won't do it. Leg presses don't work. Oh, gosh. Do you really walk around all day with that level of stupidity rolling around your noggin? They work. You may not like them. Or maybe you can't put enough, you know, maybe you can't put as much weight on it as the, you know, soccer mom you saw do it, you know, before you. Maybe that's why you don't do it. But leg presses work. Everything works. If you put in enough effort, enough intensity, your form is good, your range of motion is good, they all work. So don't for a minute ever let anyone tell you that machines don't work, free weights are superior, they all work, okay? Does that make sense? God, I hope so. So again, today was just, <laughs> it was an opportunity I was feeling a little punchy today. It was an opportunity for me to have a little bit of fun with a handful of things that I get on a very regular basis. And fair warning, you're probably going to get a lot of podcasts like this. But because I also think if I take some of my frustrations as a coach and a trainer and as a bodybuilder and as someone who is very sound with their nutrition who has a lot of experience, if I can take some of those frustrations and we can have some fun with them and I can sort of set the record straight on many of them, then all you're going to do is learn. And the more you learn, the better you're going to be. And maybe we can have a little fun at this as well. Okay. So recap, you want to call it a bro split? I don't give a shit but I call it recovery overcompensation split. I'm giving my body plenty of time to compensate, therefore overcompensate, so I know I'm not leaving any doubt that I've given my muscles an opportunity to grow and recover. Rate of perceived exertion, we talked about that. You create the rate of perceived exertion by the amount of intensity that you put into it. Don't take shortcuts, more is not better. It's the precise amount required to stimulate growth and then you leave it alone because real fitness, real, you know, real physique building is one third training, one third diet, one third recovery. And are machines better or are free weights better? Yes, they're both great. I mix it up. Hell, my gym is pr primarily free weights. But I have a cable system, I've got a leg press, I've got a leg curl, I've got a leg extension, I have a Smith machine, and everything else is racks and benches and dumbbells and barbells. And there's a handful of machines that I would like to put in this gym someday, and we'll get to that. Because it all works. And I think because of this knowledge, I truly think, you may not think so, and you may not notice it yet, but I think real bodybuilding is making a comeback. I really do. And I think you're going to start seeing more and more of it. More, more at, a, at a homegrown, organic kind of a level. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Bodybuilding saved my life. And I love it. Um, my training is going well. I'm enjoying 
this September, October, November, you know, bulk for lack of a better term, gain phase, I often call it. I'm eating a lot of food. I'm training hard again. I'm doing a four day split because why? I need those three days of recovery and things are already starting to work. I'm starting to, you know, my physique is filling out again. I'm starting to get some roundness in my muscle bellies. You know, I'm starting to, to have more of a, a fullness to my physique. Some of my strength is coming back and I feel good and I know how to do these things. You know, for me, frequent eating, you know, meal frequency or, you know, a high meal frequency is important for that. For me, ample, you know, obsession with recovery is important for that. You know, making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. I don't miss a meal. I don't miss a supplement. I don't, you know, miss 20 minutes of sleep if I can help it. I get up at 3.30 in the morning, people, because my first client is at 5 a.m. I got to be at the gym at 4.30 to get everything, you know, ready. There's a lot of nights I'm going to bed at 7.30 at night. I go to bed at the same time as a damn toddler. And it's, you know, that's a downside, but it's just something that my family has adjusted to. You know, this is just more of me saying, hey, you got to do what you got to do to make things work. So if you're putting in the time in the gym and you're even giving it a big effort with your diet, but your recovery is lacking, could be that you're grossly overtrained because you're training too much. Your diet's not on point. You're not feeding the muscles. You're not giving yourself enough calories to support growth and maintain lean mass. That recovery thing is huge. So please put an emphasis on that starting this week. And I promise you, you're going to see a difference. You're going to see a change. Good. All right, good. We're just about an hour. And I think that's good for today. I've got a few things off my chest. I feel better now. So it is Friday afternoon. So effectively here in just a moment, I am off. I got a little bit of paperwork to do and then I'm off and I am out of here to do a lot of recovering over the weekend. I will not be lifting a damn thing until Monday when we hit back again. So I hope everybody has a great day. I hope everybody is training hard. I hope your diet's on point. I hope your recovery's on point. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you need a coach, turns out that's what I do. Simply go to robgoodwin.com. All the information is on there. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If your podcast medium has a subscribe button, please hit it. It's huge for us. If, there's a, if you have the ability on your podcast platform to throw us a rating, I would really, really appreciate it. Or a review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you in advance. And if you have any ideas for content for the podcast or questions that you would like to have answered, please submit them to me. Maybe one of the best places might be in our Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. If you're not a member, we'd love to have you. And uh, so go ahead and search Ketogenic Bodybuilding in Facebook. You'll see us pop up. You'll see the Skull logo. Uh, go ahead and ask to be a member. One of our admins will approve you. Lickety split. We'll get you in there. And then just please let us know what you need. It's a very supportive group. So I am on Instagram at 
the real Rob Goodwin. So I'd love for you to jump in there. I post a lot of uh, regular photos and videos of, you know, my training and things I'm eating and other shenanigans. So come on board if you like. And until next time, I want you to train hard, get lots of rest, eat a big damn steak, and please stay safe out there. Until next time, this is Rob signing off.